their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. It's good to be back with you guys. Hope everyone had a nice break over the Christmas weekend. Uh, I know I did. How about you, Rick? I did too, and it was nice taking a little break from recording too. It never hurts. Um, yeah, but you know how much we like doing this. It's all. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's always fun. So. Yeah, it's not like we're working in a salt mine. No, and we need to start working on our New Year's resolutions for next year, and who knows what that's going to (laughs) be. But Uh, I'm not going to work on them. That's going to be my well, our photographic ones at least. You know, (laughs) try not to get obsessed on things. You know, what what are you going to try to do? But that'll be a topic for another time. Um, This week, um, we were lucky enough, or at least I was, to get my hands on the two new. Nikon zoom lenses that just came out um, and special thanks to our friends and sponsor at b and uh, photo for getting me these lenses um, to test um, chances are I will be purchasing at least one of them in the future but but we're going to talk today mostly about um, the 24 to 120 or yeah the 24 to 120 f4 s and then just to mention that I did receive the 100 to 400 f4.5 to 5.6s. So they're both there. But today we're going to really focus on the shorter zooms because I think that's one that is compelling for a lot of reasons and certainly more in the price range of most most normal people. Um, would you yeah, agree? and to be clear, just because of the timing of when we're recording and stuff, I have not seen these lenses in the flesh or handled them so this will be more of the impressions and results that you're seeing sure and i haven't even handled these much so consider this mostly a first impressions and we'll come back with actual tests um i'll probably do the the test right up on my website and probably also on my youtube because that way i can show comparison images and there's you know things you learn about lens testing and the first thing i learned about lens testing is boring as hell and i hate doing it <laughs> but, yeah me too but but you know <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about first impressions and and let me just get this out of the way with the 100 to 400 i really have not shot with it yet um i've, I've put it on the camera it works um my first impression of it is that it's going to be quite nice it's about the same size and weight as a 20 uh, as a 70 to 200 to 8 so if you mm-hmm. can walk around with one of those lenses and shoot, you can certainly walk around with this 100 to 400. Um, it's just not that mat. It's going to be, you know, it's a it's a bigger, heavier lens, but it's not crazy. You know, it's, uh, for example, much, much lighter than the 200 to 500, um, which, which and, and this thing seems to focus a lot faster. You know, it's silent. It's got the stepper motor. So a lot of good things. But until I really go into a situation to test it, which is going to be for me down in California for my San Diego birding workshop in a couple of weeks, um, which incidentally, I still have a couple of spaces for anybody who wants to go on that. Um, that's where I'm going to really put this lens through its paces. So that one we're going to put on the back burner. But so far, it, it's quite nice. It, 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 it seems like it's going to be a, a winner. Um, it's just not inexpensive. 
Yeah, one other thing that, that we should mention just up front before we get into the 24 to 120 is um, you and I will be doing a webinar for Nikonians um, at the end of January. It's January 27th. And Live without a net. Yeah. I wonder how we'll do. I don't know. <laughs> I think I have a sense. I don't know. We'll um, survive. We'll muddle through. Lots of live things. At any rate, um, we'll be talking about travel photography. So there will be some mm -hmm. things you've heard before, but I think there will be some different things too. And we'll be able to show lots of pictures while we're doing it, and that'll be kind of nice. I so think you if, need to be a Silver and Iconians member to get live access. Some, something like something that. Something like that? Okay, but anyway, which is... I don't know what it is. But, but yeah. I, I think that is what you're saying is true. But yeah, to get information on that, that'll be posted over at um, niconians.org. And so check the look for that coming up uh, at the end of January. So that'll be fun. I yep. guess we should prepare. <laughs> we are, actually. <laughs> but speaking of travel photography, this 24 to 120 uh, is very appealing for that particular use case, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about lenses like this uh, during that webinar. But yeah, the 24 to 120 is a great lens for travel photography. It's it's a great general purpose, so you don't have to be going to some exotic place. You could be taking photos around the town that you live in, of people that you know in your family, all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's it's an incredibly versatile range, and you could almost say that if you only had one lens, you know, would that be it? It very well could be in terms for, of the for, focal lengths. Yeah, for for a lot of shooting, it's, it's you can do a lot of stuff unless you're you know really into details or wildlife or whatever. This twenty four to one twenty covers tremendous usable range. It's it's something that um, that I really like. You know, it, it's if you go back way 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 back, um, the old school trinity of lenses, right? Your th traditional three lens kit. Mm -hmm. was, you know, I'm going way back to the Nikon film days. Was the 17 to 35, the 28 to 70 28, and then a 70 to 200 28. Mm -hmm. And and those were all great lenses back in the day. And you know they mm -hmm. got updated with other things. Um, you know, and and now the f4 versions. I mean, what I really like about these f4 versions and these different focal lengths is that a little overlap in focal length is a wonderful thing. So. It's nice to know that I don't have to switch to a 24 or a 70 to 200, let's say, to get that little extra reach because the 24 to 70 sometimes just isn't close enough, right, or, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm saying that uh, optical quality con considerations aside. It's just from a convenience. I can do a lot with a 24 to 120. Um, we were talking before the show about... You know, this lens was, was announced recently, um, but it had been on the roadmap. Well, it hadn't been on the roadmap. It was kind of interesting. The The original Nikon Z roadmap showed a 24 to 105 F4. Mm -hmm. And now this was at a time where we owned, you know, we, we have a 24 to 70. It came with the camera because we bought the kit. And I think we, we we had a similar reaction to that, which is, well, for travel, I'll probably get that because I like having the extra reach beyond 70. Mm -hmm. But I remember myself thinking, 
I really wish it was a 24 to 120, though. That's the <laughs> one that I want to have replaced. And so here it is. Here we've got this thing. Well, the um, line I, I used earlier when we were talking was a 24 to 120 is a 24 to 105 that goes to 11. There you go. There you go. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, you pointed out, it's almost double the reach of a 24 to 70. So yeah. it's, it's quite it nice. It, and, and, you know, since there have been older 24 to 120s, you know, DSLR lenses, and I used several of those, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good sense of how it will work for me, especially in a travel scenario. And, and the answer is pretty darn well. I mean, this... I went a lot of places with that either being the only lens or that and a wider lens. Mm-hmm. Same. And it was just fine. Just fine. So it's good for a lot of things. So there's a, I guess we could talk about a couple of things. Let's just, you know, throw out the, the brief specs. Uh, it's a constant F4 aperture, which is always a nice thing, especially with mm-hmm. today's cameras. Rarely do you need, um, you know, rarely do you need the 2.8. And if you want 2.8, well, then there's, that's a different, you know, different conversation. Uh, with, with ISO and stabilization, uh, systems f4 is generally great for most mirrorless cameras so i don't have any issue there um and there's two ways we can compare this and i think um we can compare it to its f mount predecessor which i think that comparison it stacks up tremendously well and then we can compare it to some potential alternatives that you might be considering we talk about those use cases um so just right off the bat it's you know like i said Full frame, f4. It focuses quite close. It focuses down to uh, 35 centimeters, which is just over a foot. Uh, that's that that gives you a magnification ratio of 0.39. Um, so four tenths life size, roughly. Yeah, that's really good. It is very really good. good. That's very good. You could almost use this as a almost macro lens not a macro true but but for a close-up you could potentially use this lens because compare that to the 0.24x you had with the old f-mount version right which wasn't bad no it wasn't bad at all but this is even better um nine rounded uh diaphragm blades so you should get pleasant out of focus bokeh um 16 elements 13 groups that's actually one element fewer than the previous version of this, or the, the F-mount version of this lens. Um, the only real difference, they both take 77 millimeter front filters, which I think a lot of us have. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> if you've had any of those F-mount lenses, you've probably got 77 millimeter filters, you know, sitting around somewhere. So, the, so that's not too bad. Um, you know, it's not a weird uh, filter size. Uh, it doesn't have VR built in so let's mention that what are what are your thoughts on that rick i don't think that's a big deal with these focal lengths Um, i don't either yeah if it were a 24 to 200 or a 28 200 i would say "Eh." um ibis systems have some trouble when you get up in that range doesn't mean that they're completely ineffective they'll still help but you really notice a difference. Mm-hmm. At 120, not a big deal. Not yeah. a big deal. And, and 
you know, it often simplifies simplifies the lens a little bit, reducing the price a little bit. Sometimes that can result in better quality. So it's, yeah, it's. I think it's a reasonable choice. Well, and this is the full frame lens. It's designed to be used with cameras like the Z6, Z7, Z5, which all have IBIS. Right. So you're going to get stabilization. It's just going to come from your camera body. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big difference. Whereas the F mount version, you know, those bodies obviously didn't have IBIS, so you had to have VR in the lens. The right. biggest difference that I see with this lens, just in the handling, uh, the barrel is more uniform in size, which is nice. The old one just had this really fat, funky barrel that tapered down to the F mount. It was not awkward, but it was just not as nice to handle. Um, but this lens is almost um, you know, it's it's 80 grams lighter than the F mount version, so it's significant. Um, it's uh, 1.4 pounds and or 630 grams instead of 710 grams for the F version. Put that mm -hmm. on a smaller body, you have a much more compact kit for things like walk around, travel, uh, that kind of just everyday photography. It becomes a very um, um, compelling option. It's an S lens. Um, it has a this one has a function button on it so you can configure the lens function to do you know it just gives you one more function button to go with the ones that were on your camera so you want to configure the lens to be an af on button or zoom or whatever you can do that in your camera with this you can't do that on some of the other lenses um, we'll talk about um, and one thing i really like about this lens as i'm holding it up and no one can see i'm just waving it in space mm -hmm. uh, is that it's got the correct in my in my view the correct orientation of zoom and focus ring options the zoom ring is closer to the to the body than the focus ring being you know on the more distal end, uh, which I like because 99% of the time I'm shooting in autofocus, my hand is going to be under the zoom ring, which is where I want it. And that's my preference as well. I can just like you, I can survive the other way, but given a choice, this is the arrangement I prefer. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a nice thing. Um, now we can talk about um performance a little bit like i said we haven't done any serious testing um my very cursory examination is that this lens is is going to be very good probably not as sharp maybe as your 24 to 70 28 but that's a different lens for a different mm -hmm. purpose altogether and, you know we talk about the applications for this lens travel landscape um, and general kind of street walk around photography. I think it's quite well suited for that. I'm seeing it to be very sharp in the center and, and pretty well holds up across the entire frame. The sharpness really doesn't start to fall off until the extreme edges and corners of the frame, which is what you expect with any of these things, mm -hmm. um, especially for a zoom lens. So I'm seeing it. And, and you saw just a slight improvement stopping down to like five six yeah so and beyond that you don't really need to stop down further for quality reasons right so yeah my pretty... quick my quick test was that five six was definitely sharper than f4 wide open but then the mm -hmm. improvement did not really it was fractionally better you know like almost minuscule differences if i showed you five six eight and eleven 
you wouldn't have seen too much difference. And then, if, of course, it falls off at f16 due to the normal expected diffraction softness you would see on a Z7 to 40, 45 mm -hmm. megapixel camera. So that's that's normal. Now, we talked about the F-mount, mm -hmm. quote, alternative in a way, you know, the older 24 to 120. But there are some Z-mount lenses that occupy at least some of the same space that this lens um, takes up. Right. Um, there's the 24 to 200 that we've talked about before that both of us enjoy for travel photography. Mm -hmm. There's the little 24 to 70 f4 that kit lens that mm -hmm. is collapsible very good yep. quality um that is an alternative where more likely it's probably something that a lot of z owners already have and would be considering you know mm -hmm. maybe swapping out right. for this or you know right. and a decision should they make so I, i'm gonna just loop back real briefly to one other consideration what if you have a 24 to 120 f4 f mount you know oh. Would this one be worthy upgrade? Because, you know, it's not cheap. Um, consider that you have to pack the FTZ adapter for that F-mount lens, and all of a sudden that weight difference and size difference really starts adding up. And I can certainly say that ergonomically speaking, you'll have a much more pleasant experience. Um, and I have a hunch, optically speaking, there's no contest between these two, that the new one, the 24 to 120 F4 F-mount was in the depending on how you shot it it was good you know to, to decent but n was never going to be put in that pantheon of awesome optics it was decent optics i think this one's going to have much better optics um just that's my hunch uh, obviously i can't quite do the same side-by-side -side test anymore because i've parted with my old one ditto um, so the reason why you would want this would partly be to have a native lens for your Z-mount camera. And so you've got, now we go back to those choices that you mentioned, 24 mm -hmm. to 70, which you pr may already have gotten as your as your kit lens. So then you got a question, well, do I want to spend another $1,100 <laughs> on something? Right. You know, because that's one consideration. Um, and then there's the 24 to 200, which is a different consideration. It's, it's um slightly less expensive it's about nine hundred dollars us right now um and i don't think anybody paid retail for the 24 to 70 f4 it lists at 996 on our bnh site here but most people probably got this at a significant discount as a kit lens um, i'll just make one comment with what i know at this point based on what i what you've told me about the 24 to 120 so far I think you'd have to be insane to pay that retail price on the 24 to 70 F4. Just insane. Correct. Yeah. If you don't have that, you you, you want to look for a 24 to 70 on the secondary market, like a used yeah. one or something like that, because the price makes sense. You know, then then it becomes very very compelling. So what are what you know what are the the you know the first obvious differences would be something like your focal length range, right? So mm -hmm. you have to ask yourself what am I shooting and what is it that I want to do? Because there's situations where all other things being equal, focal length range is going to matter. Wouldn't you say? Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's 24 to 70 good for? Sort of casual walk around, landscape, uh, photojournalism, you know, those kinds of things. It's a small lens. 
you know, it's a little smaller. In this particular case, it's a lot smaller. It's the lightest of the three. It weighs in at 500 grams instead of, you know, 570 for the 24 to 200 and 630 for the 24 to 120. So it's a small, light, compact lens with good performance, right? I mean, very good. It's it's optically sound. Um, your 24 to 200, where we've used it, uh, is a different animal in that it's really an all-purpose everything lens, right? Yeah. And that can be a real pleasure to use at times. We talked about using it in Croatia and Mm -hmm. how effortless the the shooting seemed and we got nice shots you you have a little bit more range on the top end that can be handy i certainly used it you know the, the thing is you use what you have right and you do your best with what you have so it's not like you can't go on a trip or something like that and you're unable to make Im good images with the 24 to 70 f4 i've done that i've been to i took it to istanbul i went to edinburgh with it i had a great time no big deal i just simply didn't take those shots that you would want 200 millimeters for or 120. Mm -hmm. not a big deal it would have been nice to have had a little bit more focal length but you can survive so with all of these lenses there are Good things about them and bad things about them. It's not an obvious thing. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I will say is with the 24 to 200, I mean, you, you've got an obviously slower lens. You know, it gets down to 6.3 at the long end at, at a focal length of 24 to 120 doesn't have. But it it is not as sharp as other lenses. You know, like right. I have to dial in a distinctly higher amount of sharpening you know later on when i'm working with the image you know a good i would say 10 to 15 points higher mm -hmm. on intensity just to equalize it so it's not quite as sharp is it usable absolutely mm -hmm. and from what you're telling me about this lens it's pretty darn sharp yeah just it, it seems it seems good i mean optically speaking your f4 lenses in this comparison are probably the better if you're looking for pure you know optical performance either of these f4 options would be better than that 24 to 200 but if you're looking for a lens that can do it all especially if you do things like cruising you know where you sometimes need extra reach just because you're you're stuck on the you know you, you're on a cruise ship you can't you, know, you're, you, you can't get closer physically right uh 24 to 2, or, or where changing lenses just isn't practical. The 24 yeah, to 200. Like you're on a cruise ship tour on the land and you just don't have the time to get set up to really work a scene. Right. You and, have to do it fast and move on. And and, and, and you don't want to have to carry a big bag with you. It's it's right. true. Um so that's that's an interesting you know, thing. I, I think optically speaking, we'll do the the better tests. But you know, I think this new lens is going to be just great. Um, certainly, at least is on on par with the twenty four to seventy, maybe even a little bit better at some focal lengths. Um, but you know, for me, yeah, we need to we need to make sure that there isn't something wrong with your twenty four to seventy f four. Because just to be clear, what you've seen so far is the twenty four to one twenty 
clearly outperforming it when you get away from the center of the image. Yeah, and I need to check then, my lens. Yeah, I I think my 24 to 74 is performing better. So we'll figure that out. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, any of these tests, and this is another thing, you're talking about a sample of one. And that goes for us, that goes for anybody testing lenses who just bought one. You're mm -hmm. testing, I'm testing my lens, this copy against another lens, which is my copy that doesn't account for sample variation or anything like that. So it's hard to come down to specifically say, oh, this one is absolutely better than another one. Um, yeah, because there is variation between between lenses. Um, but between our two setups, we'll get a few more samples and yes. do some more testing, and we'll let you guys know, you know, what we think about after a little bit more shooting. So, especially for me. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, you know, I'm looking at our little spec comparison sheet right here, and you know, again, between these three lenses, um, the the 24 to 120 wins on maximum reproduction ratio so it's better you can get in other words you can get closer than any of these other ones not physically closer but get closer to your subject through a combination of minimum focus distance and magnification um it's the heaviest um it's also the only one that has the nine rounded blades so you should theoretically get a little nicer out of focus you know bokeh mm -hmm. Um, the other two have rounded blades, but they only have seven blades. So it's a little bit different look. I think you'll get nice starburst patterns with this lens because it has that curved front element, which is something that I definitely prefer. Um, they all do. Um, the, the old 24 to 120 did not. In fact, it was terrible for those little pinpoint starburst patterns of like, you know, street lights at night or sunburst mm -hmm. patterns. It was not good at that at all. Um, so you know where where do you go from here you know they all take different filter sizes you know it's you know they're all frankly the differences in size is not that much between them 24 to the difference in weight is there but it's not awful um you know so if you want the lightest smallest thing 24 to 70 is probably you know f4 is probably your choice uh, it's the most compact lens um, I think the 24 to 120 is your best bet for a versatile in terms of trade-off between range and optical performance. I think the 24 to 120 would be the one I would gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here again, not having used it yet, but if having used 24 to 120s in the past. Yeah, I think it comes down to knowing that. I, I like my 24 to 200, but I do see its optical limitations at times. And I've been on enough trips where uh, where I know I don't need the extra telephoto reach, where I'm fine mm -hmm. with that. Um, examples being when I've gone to Europe, when I've gone to Amsterdam, when I've gone to London and Paris. 24 to 120 paired with something wider for the occasional indoor shot, is almost all you need. Yeah. If I had something longer, would I use it? Of course I would, because I have it. But I don't feel really constrained. And I think when I was shooting with a 24 to 70, I feel a little constrained. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing for landscape shooting. If I can get out to 120 for my landscapes, I'm pretty happy most of the time. Whereas yeah. if I'm limited to 70, I know I'm going to have to switch to a larger lens. Yeah.
So, you know, it's considerations like that that you have to make. Yeah. So more to come on visible light test shots. But you were able to do at least some preliminary testing in infrared, right? Correct. And I'll ha I have not yet updated my infrared uh, table, database, whatever you want to call it, online. And I'll say the answer to this lens is that it depends. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a Rick Salmon answer, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Right for for our listeners. Here's what I find. I was really hoping that this lens would be great in infrared because it would solve a lot of uh, of problems. It's okay with infrared, and here's where it breaks down. At the widest focal lengths, 35 millimeters and lower, if you stop down at all, like 5.6, you're going to get a discrete hotspot. A small one, but it's there. Um, at the longer focal lengths, that hotspot dissipates into sort of the very usable, just a slight brighter area in the center, which you can use. So if you're shooting it from 50 to 120, you know, it's it's very usable for infrared. Maybe not the best, but not not terrible at all. I mean, it would be mm -hmm. usable. But would it replace the 24 to 70 as an all-purpose lens for infrared? I don't think so. I think the 24 to 70 here is better. Um, it's easier. Some of this depends on your infrared conversion. We both have 720. It could be that you don't see those hot spots at the some of the more visible wavelengths. You know the super colors, the 590s, or, the, you know, as you go down the right. cutoff frequency. And some of it will just depend on how you white balance your image and post if you're shooting raw and how you process. If you go to monochrome, you might find that those hotspots are something you can mitigate in post. Yeah, they're tricks that you can do. Right. So can you use it in a pinch? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't throw it out for infrared, but if it was, if it were me, um, I would definitely want to pair it with something like the 14 to 30 so that I would have, you know, a better lens for infrared. And someone that's a very dedicated infrared shooter will probably not want to use this lens for that Correct. purpose. I would agree. I think if you're making your your living and infrared is your jam, <laughs> this is not not the lens that you want. You would I would stick with either the primes or the 24 to 70 f4 if you want to zoom in that mm -hmm. way. I don't do a lot of telephoto infrared either. I tend to gravitate towards that wider end, which is why I was disappointed with the performance. I wasn't surprised because lately, you know, you know these lenses are not designed to be used in infrared. Let's make that clear. Um, right. You know, people have to keep that in mind that nobody is designing lenses for IR work for, for what I understand. So if you get one that works with infrared, Not it's kind of like, at least, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, winning the lottery, right? It's like, woohoo. Um, you found a good one. So the fact that there are choices, uh, is a good thing. The fact that a lot of these newer ones don't work isn't terribly surprising. It's disappointing, but it's not surprising. Yeah. So I think we've covered it pretty well as a first impressions thing. Anything else that you I'm going to put the lay with the no. stuff you've done with it. No, because the stuff I've done with it has really been, you know, taking pictures of my neighbor's houses across the street. So I, yeah. I need to, to try things out in a more real setting when it's maybe not nine degrees Fahrenheit outside and windy. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, there's, there's test cases and then there's, <laughs> then there's test scenarios in which it's cold and right. I'm miserable and I don't want to do that. So, uh, no, I have a feeling. My my gut feeling tells me that I will be keeping this lens 
because of all the reasons that because of how I shoot and what I'm shooting mostly these days. It's going to be a very nice travel landscape lens for me. Um, it would have to really fall down on the job optically for me to not want to use it. So everything I've seen right now suggests that it's going to do its job for me in the way that I want. And I'll be very happy with it, despite its slightly heavier size. That's my thought. Anything from, and, and of course, you can try it out too once we get together again in person. And I'm sure you'll come to a very similar conclusion. I suspect, but I'm looking forward to it. It's one I've been interested in for a while, so we'll see how it does. Yeah, it, it, I think I think it's going to be a winner. Okay. Anyway, if you're interested in that lens, check out our website. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/imagedoctors. We'll have links to it. And if you're considering pre-ordering this lens, consider pre-ordering it from our friends at BNH because they uh, help us uh, with this podcast by providing this. They were kind enough to donate the lens for a test purpose. So, anyway, until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye bye.